you're listening to another message from Generation City Church. But we've got a phrase that we've been using at youth. We've got a phrase that we've been using is that the word is our weapon. The word is our weapon. And John's been talking about the word of God being a sword. And there's two places in the in the Word of God that I can think of off the top of my head where the Word refers to itself as a sword. It talks about it being the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians 6 and it talks about it being sharper than any two-edged sword in Hebrews 4. But you know, that Word is only sharp if we actually use it. If we actually use it. That, that, that word, sorry, no, the word is still sharp if we don't use it, but it's only of use to us if we actually use it. And I, I, I think so many of us rely so heavily on the shield of faith. It's like, I'm just holding my shield up and I, I just want to stop those fiery darts of the enemy like it's described in Ephesians 6. I want to stop those things from hitting me. But you know, we need to start getting that sword out of its scabbard and using it because it's with the sword. It's with the sword that we take ground. It's with the sword that we swing some blows at the enemy and we can move forward rather than just blocking the dart. I'm not saying put your shield down, but you've got two hands, one for a shield and one for a sword. And as we strike with the sword, as we strike with our weapon, because the word is our weapon, we then bring up our shield to defend against the attacks of the enemy. But we take ground. See, I don't want to be a Christian who just sits back and defends this spot. Jesus didn't die on the cross for me to defend this little piece of ground. He, did, he died on a cross so that I can, I can move forward. I can take ground. And because His Word is living and active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I can take ground. I can move forward when I wield it. So this morning, we're going to open the Word of God. We're going to open the Word of God that is living. We're going to open the Word of God that is active. We're going to open the Word of God that is powerful and that is sharper than any two-edged sword. I may not have a box with handcuffs this morning, but are you ready to open the living Word of God? Are you ready? Let's open the Word this morning to Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3. I hope you've come ready to receive. Because I've got some seed that I want to sow into your heart this morning. But you see, the size and the quality of the harvest actually isn't determined by the seed. But it's determined by the quality of the soil in which that seed is sown. And I'm just thinking about me for a moment. I, I want my heart, my life to be good soil that the seed of the word can be sown into this morning. Is your heart ready to receive? Lamentations 3, verse 19 through to verse 25. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. Some translations say his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. 
The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Father, this morning in the few moments that we have together, as we, as we dive into the living, active, powerful Word of God, I pray that you would speak into each one of our hearts. Let each one of our hearts be good soil for the seed of the Word this morning. Father, I pray that what I say, my dribble, my ramble, God, would fall to the ground, but what you would say this morning would sink deep into our hearts. Father, I pray, like Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would fall in this place, that we would know you more. Amen. Amen. You know, this passage of Scripture here in Lamentations 3, I think the majority of us could, off the top of our head, quote, Verses 22 and 23, where it says, the, 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 the great love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We've been singing that song. Great is your faithfulness. But you see, we can just hone in on this spot and it's this great passage of scripture that is so encouraging and that can speak to us and can be a weapon in our hands as we go through life. But you see, this passage of scripture is the culmination of someone else's experience. There's a writer, the Bible doesn't tell us who the writer of Lamentations is, but the person who has written this part of the scripture, that was a culmination the high point of where things ended up for them in this journey. But you see, as we backtrack through, and I want to backtrack through and look at from the start of this portion of Scripture that we've been reading from just now. And I want us to look at the journey that this guy took because I believe it's a journey that so many of us can relate to it's a journey that every single one of us can learn from this morning. You know, when I got up to MC our meeting last week, I had it impressed on my heart from the Holy Spirit to, to share that passage. And as I got up and I, I, sh I shared from it last Sunday morning, I just felt the Holy Spirit reveal some things to my heart that I wanted to sow to you this morning. You know, this guy here, he's writing lamenta Lamentations. And he says, I, I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. You know, that word to remember means to bring to mind or to think of again. I wonder how many of us have walked into our gathering this morning, remembering the affliction, the pain, the bitterness and the hurt that we have experienced maybe this week, maybe over the early parts of our lives. Maybe we can remember the things that people have done to us. Maybe we're, we can remember the things that people have been said uh, the, the things that people have said to us. I'm not sure because I can't read your mind. 
But maybe you've walked in this morning and, and your mind, your focus, your, your whole attention is based on what has happened to you. There's been some horrendous, horrific things done to people. And I'm not for a second wanting to discount that or cancel that or minimise what has been done to you. Not for a second. I think sometimes we can find it so easy to, to talk to someone who, who is in that space and go, it'll be all right. God's got it covered. And whilst I believe that He does, unless you're in the middle of that space, unless you've experienced it firsthand before, it can be really difficult to understand what someone is going through. I don't want to minimise that. But you see, the writer of Lamentations doesn't stop in that place. He says, I remember my affliction. I remember the wandering, the, the bitterness and the gall. My soul is downcast within me. I well remember them. But I wonder how many of us, that's been our finishing place. That's been the place that we have set up our tent. That's where we've set up our camp, in that place of dwelling in that moment. But let me tell you this morning that because of Jesus and because what He did on the cross for us, what has happened to me, my past does not need to define me. My past doesn't need to say, because you did this, because you were abused, because you were hurt, because that person did that to you, that will define the rest of your life. I thank you that the cross was bigger and greater than anything that we could do or have ever had done to us. The cross is bigger. You know, Stephen Furtick, one of my favourite preachers, he says, I can't control what comes into my life, but I can control what I fix my focus on and what I magnify. I don't know how many times my, my, my space, my place, not as often as I may make it out to be, but my space where my mind wanders off and I can sometimes end up in this pit is when I'm hanging the clothes out on the line. I don't do it often. But I find when I'm out there and I've got this basket load and I'm hanging it out, all of a sudden my mind just starts to wander and I begin to wallow in hurts, in pains, in missed opportunity or what's happened in my past. But it's in that moment that we've got to decide within our own heart, am I going to stay there? Am I going to set up camp? Because the writer of Lamentations, he comes out and he says, I remember my affliction. I remember them well. My soul is downcast within me. And verse 21 Verse 21, he says, yet, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yet, I've been guilty so many times of, of wallowing in Despair, depression, at times feeling anxious about what has happened, what could happen. 
But the writer of Lamentations, he creates this example for us to follow when he says, even though I'm thinking that way, even though my mind is consumed, yet... And the moment we decide to have a yet in our life, in a, a yet moment, is when that sun begins to dawn. Where that sun begins to dawn and the, the, the darkest night can soon be lit up as we determine to turn our focus away. I love that even though he's remembering those moments, he knows that he has control over what he sets his attention on and what he magnifies in his life. He says, yet... Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. But you see, when he goes off and he says, list those things, the reason for his hope, the reason for his hope has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do what he has done or anything that he has said. When he starts to think about the the reason for his hope, The cause of his hope is your great love. Your great love. Because of your great love, we are not consumed. Your mercies, your compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, the moment changed for the writer of Lamentations. The moment he took his focus off my affliction, my wandering, my bitterness, And set his gaze and his focus on his love, his mercy, his grace and his faithfulness. See, the cause of his hope wasn't how much he loved God. The cause of his hope wasn't falling back onto, well, God, I have faithfully loved you for 30 years. God, I I, I have been faithful to you. But you see, it wasn't based on his own report card. But it was based on Jesus. What was Lamentations? The Old Testament, but it's all about Jesus anyway. Based on God and who God is. Yet this I call to mind. It speaks of purpose. It speaks of of intention. An angel didn't appear before him. He wasn't in his moment of wallowing in his despair. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared and said, rise up and have hope. But he determined in his own mind to change the atmosphere of his mind. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. It is so critical that we stop thinking about and believing every thought that comes into our mind. Are you with me this morning? Yeah? It's so critical that we stop thinking about and believing every thought that comes into our mind. That's why the writer of 2 Corinthians, Paul, in verses 4 and 5, he says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every captive thought. We take every captive thought and make it obedient to Christ. 
you know, the realization that I have had this year, as we've been unpacking this verse, we've only just started unpacking it with you, that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. That that word Christ, Jesus, another name for Jesus is the word. So I'm excited that at youth we're talking about it's in Christ, it's in the word that we find out who we are and what we are living for. But you see, in this verse here, we take, it, we take every captive thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we take every captive thought and we make it obedient to the word of God. Just because a thought enters your mind does not mean that it is true does not mean that we have to accept it. You know, when we have people that, that maybe have spoken over us. You know, when I was a kid, I was at soccer training once, and I, I might have been seven, maybe eight. And out of no fault of my own, we were just doing a training drill. I, 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 I knocked someone over. And one of the dads come up to me. He goes, you bit, bit, bit blob. I'm like, Oh, okay. I was like seven or eight. It's an accident, buddy. Chill out. I didn't say that when I was seven or eight, but now I look back and I think, wow. But he did. He just walked up and he goes, beep, 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 blob. Now, I haven't let that define me, but I know that there are so many words that people have spoken over them. Words that say, you are a failure. You are worthless. You are an accident. You are a mistake. But we can sometimes let those words sit in our heart. But what the word says is yet. Yet this I call to mind. I call to mind that he knows me. That he is intimately acquainted with all of my ways. He, I, I, I am not an accident. I was formed I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I have been formed in my mother's womb. He knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. But you see, unless we know what the word says, some of us can be standing there with our shield of faith. You're an accident. You're a mistake. You're worthless. You, you're a failure. You shouldn't even be here. Who do you think you are? And we just put up our shield, hoping that it'll be enough to withstand. Believe me, that shield of faith is a good shield. But imagine how effective we could be if we picked up that sword. You're an accident. No, I'm not. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Then my shield comes up. You're a failure. You're a mistake. No, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me and he set me apart. I am not an accident. I am not a mistake. And we take a step forward and we move forward with the shield of faith, having swung with the weapon, the sword of the spirit, that two-edged sword. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Not because of my love for God, not because of my faithfulness, but because of who he is. 
Yet this I call to mind. I want to urge you this morning to guard the place from which you feed. Guard the place from which you feed. Don't try and feed on your love for God, but feed on his love for you. Don't feed on how faithful you are to God, but feed on his faithfulness to you. Don't feed on how merciful and kind you are, but on how merciful and kind he is. But you see, I wonder how many of us are unable to move to a yet moment because we don't know what to call to mind. Oh, I think God loves me. I think Jesus died on the cross for me. when we let it sink deep in our heart when we let it sink deep in our heart such a passion for our it's come out really weird but stay with me for a moment I've got such a passion for the girls at youth girls at youth that have been mistreated you're only good enough if Guys, uh, X, Y, Z. That's a lie. It's a lie. But it's something we accept because we don't know any better. But what if instead of feeding on what someone else thinks about us, instead of feeding on what my mind is saying or what my past says, what if we started feeding on the Word of God? What if we started feeding and, 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 and let that weapon get sharper and sharper and sharper? Calling it to mind. Yet, this I call to mind. But I love that it doesn't finish there. Again, we can quote, because of his unfailing love, his great love for us, great is his faithfulness. But the journey that the writer of Lamentations goes on, it doesn't actually finish there. He then goes on in verse 24 and he opens it up. Ben, he says, I say to myself, I say, I, yet this I call to mind. And then two verses later, I say to myself, See, maybe we think some of these things. Maybe we think, yeah, God loves us, but we sure as heck wouldn't say it about ourselves. You see, words, speech, the very first time speech was used, wasn't used for communication. It was used for creation. When God said, let there be light, He wasn't communicating. He was creating And the words that we speak have the power to create an atmosphere around us. This I call to mind. I say to myself. Proverbs 18 talks about there's there's life and death in the power of the tongue. 
So often, so often we look at that verse and we think, okay, I've got to be really careful about the words that I say over someone else. And that is actually true. We need to be careful about the words that we say over someone else. But maybe, just maybe, someone here this morning needs to look at that verse in light of themselves. Because we can say some pretty harsh and pretty wrong things about ourselves and we can actually be in the process of, of, of swiping at ourselves. Maybe some of you this morning haven't been told that you're a failure, but every day you tell yourself you are. Maybe you haven't been told that you're a mistake, but maybe when you got up this morning, you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you're a mistake. Who could ever love you? Some of the self-talk that we can put on ourselves tears us apart, that we don't need anyone else to say anything. We're already bleeding from our own blows and strikes to our body. I say to myself, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. But how do things get into my heart? They come through my, my mind. Yet this I call to mind, feeding my mind that then fuels my heart. And then it's out of that well that I then speak. Would the team come back this morning, please? Two things. The first, guard the place from which you feed. Maybe you need to turn off social media and stop feeding off the images of perceived perfection that other people have in life. Maybe you need to. Maybe you need to stop spending time with that person. Maybe you need to quit watching that TV show or listening to that music. Guard the place from which you feed. Secondly, learn the art of preaching to yourself. I say to myself, you see, each one of us needs to learn to preach to ourselves. And what I mean preach to ourselves is to declare truth and life into our own lives, into our own minds, into the atmosphere around us. We can't control what happens to us but we can control the atmosphere in which we live. John, again, a number of weeks ago, talked about engrafting joy and peace into our lives. Joy that's not because everything in my life is so great, I'm so happy, but a joy When on the outside I should be mourning, but on the inside I have a joy that is unexplainable. When I have no reason for peace externally, but I live in a state of peace because I know my God holds me in the palm of His hand. Guard the place from which you feed. 
Don't feed on your goodness. Don't feed on how great your report card is. I'm so grateful that I handed my report card in and I received Jesus's. That when I stand before God, I've got Jesus' card. Righteous, holy, clean, redeemed. I call to mind and I say to myself, just in closing, Joshua 1, verse 8. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Doesn't say read. Read this book of the law. But it takes it so much further. Meditate on it day and night. And keep it on your lips. I call to mind and I say to myself, I call to my mind and I say to myself, I call to mind that I am accepted. And I say to myself, because of Jesus, I am accepted. Maybe I haven't had a loving upbringing, but I am loved by God. He loves me with an everlasting love. But let's be people who take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You do not have to accept every thought that enters your mind. But let's feed on the Word of God. Call it to mind and then preach it to yourself. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and um, never heard of this God, this Jesus fellow. Maybe a picture of him is that he's just old, irrelevant, distant, not interested, asleep, maybe even dead. But let me tell you that this God, he is near. He loves you. He knows you. And nothing can ever, ever separate you from Him. He loves you with an everlasting love. I want to give you the opportunity to start a relationship with Him this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you once walked with God, you once knew Him, but you've walked away. Maybe your walk with Him has become a wonder, lacking purpose and meaning. But the God that we've been singing about, His faithful love never ceases. He's the God of the second, third, fourth, five thousandth chance. He's a redeemer of our past. And His blood is enough to wash us clean.
If that's you this morning, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, would you raise your hand? I'd love the opportunity to introduce you to Jesus this morning. Bible says in Romans 10, if we could just stay in this moment, Romans 10, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, you will be saved. This just starts a journey with God that will never end this side of eternity. But let's pray together. Would you, would you pray this prayer with me? I thank you that you love me, that you see me, you know me, and I can't hide from you. Yet, you love me. I ask that Jesus would come and live in my heart, wash me clean, and make me a new person. I thank you for what you did on the cross for me so that I could be right with God.